0: And so God bless you. Thanks for being over us. Hey Bailey, could you do me one more thing? My phone is right there on the on the bench as well. So we have uh, been in a series over the last couple of weeks, and uh, want to remind you of that again this morning. Uh, it uh, we've entitled it "Limitless." And so uh, what I'm going to ask you, you've heard a lot about our church app, um, and uh, in The the lower portion of that, there is a sermon tab, it says Sermon Notes, and uh, if you want to pull that out, that way you can not only join along with me uh, as part of the service today, but for those of you that are in life groups as well, um, it's a great tool to have, so as the time of discussion is going on, and those that are leading are kind of walking you through that, that you'll have access uh, to much more uh, of the notes that we'll put on the screen, um, as well as uh, uh, the questions are there as well, so it'll give you a chance. To discuss that though. So glad that so many of you are um, in groups and again just kind of digging a little bit deeper um, in this series that uh, we are in. So this idea of limitless, this idea of recognizing, and and even as we have felt the presence of God today is still a, a challenge for so many of us. Now we know that when we think about limits, that they can work for us at times, they can work against us. But overall, we know that limits, more than times than are not, are there to protect and to provide for us. But unfortunately, there are moments and experiences in our life where words, where people, where situations and circumstances can put a spirit of limitation over our lives. And it can hinder what it is that the Spirit of God wants to make available to every one of us that are a believer in the work of Christ in our life. And that's what we are challenging. over these weeks, that we are not going to allow that spirit of limitation of what people or situations or maybe the enemy has spoken into your spirit to rule and reign in your life, but we are going to open ourselves up as we have already today through praise, through worship, through prayer, through an experience in being in the house of God for His spirit to speak some life into our lives. And so together in these weeks, in this series that we are discovering what is holy. Holding us back from living a limitless life. Realizing that God has desires and purpose and plan for every one of us. I mentioned to you last week that you are not here by accident, but you are here by divine design of a creator who loves you. Listen, somebody might have told you you're an accident, but don't believe it today. You're not an accident with God. He created you for purpose. Can you say amen with me today? And so we're asking ourselves, what is the limitless potential of the things that are garnered into our life? What is the limitless potential of our marriage? Even at times when it feels like we are in a difficult spot, we realize that as long as we keep God in the mix, that there is nothing too difficult for our relationship, for our home. What is the limitless potential? potential of our health. How many believe in a God of miracles today? Come on, wave at me today. How many believe that even though the doctor might have one word, that God has another word? Amen? That God is a God of limitless healing in our lives. What is the limitless potential of us opening a business? starting a new career, maybe going into ministry or starting a ministry. Some that might say, well, pastor, I think those days are are long past of me. But who's to say that God can't quicken us, no matter what our age is, that we realize that we've got God-given potential inside of us. Maybe the limitless potential of doing missions or serving as a leader in our community. The truth is, and I'm sure that you are aware today, that there is always going to be something wanting to put limits on you, whether it's fear, whether it's memories of our past, whether it's words or failures, you name it, there is going to be something that is always going to want to limit your potential in God. And so here's what I want you to hear from me this morning, is that you have got to believe otherwise. Whatever that word is, whatever that situation was, whatever is that nagging voice in your mind, you have got to believe otherwise that God is with you, that God is for you this morning. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so He is. So whatever has been negative, whatever has been crushing you, whatever has been limiting you, you've got to believe otherwise. As you believe in your heart, so are you. So let me give you a jumping point for where we are going to go today. You see, the gospel is assigned to believers. Do You hear me this morning? The reason why we live and and we breathe the Word of God is because the gospel, the gospel is assigned to believers. And when we cry out that we are believers, then we recognize that believers follow certain beliefs. Does that make sense to you this morning? If you are going to be a believer, then doesn't it make sense that we are going to follow certain beliefs and so we as believers realize that our belief is based on the gospel of Jesus Christ and so that being true then we then we direct our life then we lead our life by the belief that we get from the gospel you see the belief that we read in God's Word they are not optional they are not occasional You don't get to pick and choose. Here's what you get to do. You get to embody the belief that the gospel brings to the believer. Yes? If we are going to be believers, then we are declaring that I have a belief uh, in the gospel. And that if I believe that, then it's not optional, then I must embody. So what are we going to discover today that the gospel has for those of us that have chosen To believe today. How many believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Come on, shout at me today. Come on. Listen, you were were like, like way quiet last week. In fact, you scared me. That's how quiet you were last week, all right? I am not letting you off the hook this week, all right? But but the gospel declares Jesus as the Son of God. If you are a believer today, then we believe Jesus is the Son of God. It's not optional, it's not occasional. Right? We embody that today. How many believe that salvation is in faith in Christ alone? Come on, shout it, yes? That our salvation is based on our faith in Christ and in Him alone. How many believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive? Yes, why? Because that's the gospel. Who said that? Jesus said that, right? Jesus helped us to understand. And so we embody the belief that it is more blessed to give Than to receive. How many believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the hope of the church and the hope of the world? Yes, amen. We know that Jesus rose from the dead. How many believe that cleanliness is next to godliness? Okay, all right, I got you there. All right? Now, some might say, Well, Pastor, I want to believe that, but how many know that's not the gospel, right? I just threw that in to see if you were following along today. A good principle, right? I I got a chance, Debbie and I uh, had a chance to get up to the track weekends and, you know, they're putting these uh, kind of teenagers, preteens through all kinds of activities all day. It was blistering hot those weekends um, while they were at camp. It was ridiculously hot. How many remember, maybe you have to go back to your camping days, um, whether it was you or maybe the kids that you hung out with, but there's something in their brain that when they go away to camp, they don't want to shower or take a bath, right? Right. And I mean, after blazing hot days of running around all day camp, I talked to some of these counselors. They were like, we told them before you go to bed, you are showering today, right? There is a principle that cleanliness is next to godliness, okay? So we do believe that at times, for sure. But you see, there are things that are of the gospel that must drive our belief. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 17 man. What an amazing verse Um, I want you to follow along Um, if you have your devices with you if you have your Bibles I want you to I want you to turn there with me And and let's just jump into this for a couple of minutes This is what the Apostle Paul says to a growing church in Corinth So he's speaking to believers Especially some new believers that are coming alive in the faith of Jesus Christ and so Paul says this each person should live as a believer. Whoa. Are you with me today? So to the church, to those that have gathered on Sunday, Paul stands up and says, Every one of you should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to you. Just as God has called you, this is a rule that I lay down in all of the churches Wow so listen how many realize that the Apostle Paul was not mincing words here right was not wondering that people might misinterpret what he is saying he simply says to the church I've got a rule for you when you come to church that if you are a believer then you need to live as a believer in any situation or circumstance that God leads you through How many are ready to embody that this morning? Be careful. Be careful. I think that is a good rule that I think I will implement for real life from now on, okay? So if you are a believer at real life, then I'm going to make a rule. And that is that you live as a believer no matter what situation or circumstance that you're in. How many agree with that? Just what I thought. Just a couple of you, right? So what does it mean to live as a believer? Well, you embody gospel-inspired beliefs. You see, that's why the Word of God is so important to us. Because so many times we have believed the words of others, and we struggle to believe the word of the gospel. But if we are believers, we have no other choice than to believe the word of God over our lives. Somebody say yes today. You see, the key to limitless living is that we believe the evidence and not the arguments. You see, last week we talked about that the enemy, all he's ever going to do is to present you and I an argument as to why it's not going to work for you about why people are against you, about why somebody spoke wrong about you, why Pastor Jim walked by you and didn't say anything. Whatever it's going to be that's going to gonna work inside of you that's going to keep you away from the focus of living and walking in the power of the limitless presence of God in your life. He's constantly going to make arguments as to why it can't work in your life. You see, we are called as believers, not To fall into the lies and the argument of the enemy we are called to walk in the evidence of the proof of Christ that he is for us that he is with us that he designed us that he created us that his will is that we walk in his moment for each of our lives today he the enemy will affirm our mistakes and he will limit you from doing anything great or big for God but see God's plan for you is that you not just survive but that we thrive That we embody, whether in our everyday life, the everyday tasks that God has given to us, that we thrive in those, and that, that we are open for God to use us into something big and great for the kingdom. Listen, whether it happens or not is really up to you. But the truth is, is that I am open to believe that the gospel is there for believers to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. You see what we have to do to live as believers is that we believe in the good times and we believe in the difficult times as well. You see, I know the truth of it is is that we're all called, it's all easy to live as a believer in the good times, right? But the real challenge, the depth of us, the density of our life is built on how we believe when things are difficult when times are tough. And so I want to give you a couple of things today that will provide some guardrails and guidance for you that as we are called to live as a believer. Look look back to 1 Corinthians 17. Paul said you should live as a believer in what? In whatever situation you find yourselves in. Wherever God has you in this moment, God is not leaving you off the hook. Listen, I'm not saying that sometimes that happens Immediately, but you have to believe there is a process that, listen, I'm going through a tough time. I I might feel the pressure of of the world right now. I, I might have started to believe some of the arguments of the enemy. We're all there in this human frailty of our lives. But what will drive you out of that is this belief is that God is with me. No matter my situation or circumstance, I still choose to believe in Jesus. And we are challenged when times are tough to believe. But but why we are challenged more is because we have not put in enough when times are good. That we don't walk in the spirit. That we don't walk in the abundant life that God has made available. This is a little bit what Debbie said earlier. We just we kind of come with an autopilot kind of sense. Rather than with a heart and passion to realize that God could have something. God does have something for me this morning. That could be way more than I could even hope, dream, or imagine for. And so let's look at a couple of those areas that will help guide us, that we live as believers in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to us. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the believer's lifestyle. Now primarily I'm talking to those of you that are here today, or maybe those of you that are watching online, that will confess that I am a believer in Jesus. That I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that, that my salvation is based on my faith in Christ and Him alone. That's primarily who I'm addressing this morning. And so let's talk about the believer's lifestyle. You see, Paul contended for the gospel... The reason why we have come here this morning is simply not just to listen to me speak to you. It is so that the living word of God will impart something today that that I can share with you that will affirm or radically change the work that God is already doing in your life. Listen, it is worth contending for the gospel. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I face death Every single day. So just to kind of put some things into perspective today, I know that when we talk about, man, I had a bad week, Pastor Jim, I'm not sure any of us are on the level of the Apostle Paul. I don't think any of us faced death on behalf of the gospel this week. But Paul contended in every situation and circumstance He said, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hope, what have I to gain? And whether he was talking about physical wild beasts or he was talking about those that were arguing and opposing the gospel. Paul was saying, listen, I am in this thing to win it until the end. 2 Corinthians 11, he says, five times I received from the Jews... The 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. And still he believes that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing to put our hope in. The only path to walk. The only course to believe. No matter the circumstance or the situation of my life. How? How? That seems so overwhelming to kind of Joe Christian or Jane Christian in our culture today, right? How did he do this? You see, it all depends on who you're with. You see, because if you're trying to take on this idea, one against the world, you're going to find yourself in some tough situations and circumstances. And so this is what Paul says to the church. Listen, I did all this stuff. I've, I've contended for the gospel, but if it wasn't for the church of Jesus Christ, I don't know where I would be today. And in verse 33, 1 Corinthians 15, he said, Do not be misled. Don't buy the lie, but bad company corrupts good character. You see, it all depends on who you hang out with. You see, the enemy is going to have a lot to work with if you're hanging around a lot of non-believers that that are affecting your spirit and your soul. You're avoiding church, or you're avoiding your discipline, or being in the Word, or or in the, the steps of the gospel. Listen today, bad company is going to corrupt good character. As much as you want to, your want to is not strong enough on your own. He says, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some of you who are ignorant of God, and I say this to your shame. See, what he says is that you know better. Hello? He said, most of you know better, but you're playing with the things of God in some outward sense that... That will allow people to think that you're okay, that that you're still on track. But inside, you're just empty and you're hollow. That you have allowed the things of the world to infiltrate your spirit, to override the power of the gospel. Do you believe? Well, yeah, pastor, I believe in theory, but not in working theory. And Paul says, I say this to your shame. You sit here and call yourself a believer, And you are not embodying the power of the gospel in your life. Can I ask you a question? How many would think that God is not keeping record? Hello? You see, you're not fooling anyone. You're certainly not fooling God. Listen, we might not face the things that Paul faced, but do people in your circle know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ? Listen, I'm not asking if they know you go to church. (laughs) I meet a lot of people who go to church. And the life that they are living and the things that they talk about and the places that they go, listen, are contrary to the gospel. They're not a believer. They might be an attender. But they're not a believer. And Paul said it to his church, and let me say it to this church today. Am I acting, am I living as a believer in whatever situation or circumstance that the Lord leads me in? You see, Jesus did something great for every one of us. How is it that we cannot strive to do our very best for him? If you want a limitless life, then these are the keys. You have got to challenge your lifestyle. What else did Paul say? Well, if we are going to be a believer, if we're going to challenge our lifestyle, then he said that we go into strict Training. How many know there's a difference between training and strict training? Right? Strict training says doesn't matter the circumstance. Does it doesn't matter that it's raining outside. I'm going to run or I'm going to work out. doesn't matter that I have to work late today. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to get it in. You see, self-discipline is the regiment that victors run with. Paul said that I run to get the crown how can we run any other way when it comes to your lifestyle as a believer if you don't believe that he's a healer then what are you running towards if you don't believe that god's a god of miracles then 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 what are we believing for you see it's strict training that's the lifestyle of a believer. We focus. It's eye on the prize. Nothing. The reason why the enemy messes up so many so-called believers is because their head is always on a swivel looking for some bless me moment, some bless me club when all the times our eyes need to be focused on our redemption on the power of the risen Savior that says, listen, no matter what you experience just trust in me. I'm with you and the win is gonna come. but we're so fickle as believers to look everywhere else for some feeling inside of us. Listen, your faith is not based on feeling. Your faith is based on the fact that Christ is the overcomer, that he is the resurrected Lord, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the great I am. That is what our faith uh, is built on. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. How many know if you enter a race, no matter what kind of race, around the oval or a marathon, there is a finish line. And the goal is what? Get out of the blocks, get out of the starting line, and get to the finish line what? As quickly as... As possible to be first to put every effort in to get to the end how many know there are no detours in any race that you ever ran in high school or college or whatever right what would we think about seeing in the Olympics right they they hit that first corner and all of a sudden they start run, somebody runs down the tunnel because there's a subway down there and they got to get one of those spicy Italians ridiculous because when you get into the blocks what you have one goal one purpose i don't run aimlessly i run what focused so can i ask you believers in your lifestyle how are you running your race hebrews 12 1 says let us throw off everything that hinders us from this run the sins that so easily entangle us and let us run with perseverance. How many know what that word means? Right. Even when it's difficult, even when the struggle comes, I am going to bear down even more and I am not going to let this stop me from getting to the goal. That's what perseverance is. That's when it would be so easy and understandable for everybody to say, hey, Good effort, man. Now, listen, you can back off. Like, take it easy. No, that's not perseverance. Perseverance says, I'm going to finish this thing. I don't care how long it takes. And I'm going to get rid of everything that keeps weighing me down from getting to the goal of finding Christ and everything that he has for me. Ephesians 4.1. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have received if you're taking notes this morning write down Ephesians 4 1 you can look at it all week long I say to you church as a believer I urge you to live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have received Listen, I realize that there are going to be attacks that come our way. My challenge to you this morning is, do we have enough of God's presence, enough of the Holy Spirit power in our life to repel those? I want you to think about this week, this life that we have been called to as a believer. Can you say as you move through this week that I am living a life worthy of, Of being called a believer in Jesus Christ. How many are willing to take that challenge this week? Come Tuesday, come Wednesday, come Thursday. I'm living a life that is worthy to be called. I mean, if we put that into practical terms, right? You know, maybe some little group or gang or whatever... You realize there are certain standards, right? Like some jacket, some patch. Listen, if you're going to wear the patch, you're going to wear the colors. You better do and you better act, right? You better represent. And we all get that in the human sense. Whether it's for good or evil, you embody, hello? You embody the colors. And so I want to challenge you this week. Those of you that are saying, I'm a believer in Jesus. Then I'm challenging you to wear the colors this week. But you know I'm going to ask you more than just this week. Hello? I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to embody the gospel. How do you live as a believer? It's not occasional. It's not whenever we feel like it. We embody it. Hello? And if we are going to wear the colors, then that simply means that we are going to embody the gospel. How many believe it's the gospel is our manual, the gospel is our guide? Not me, it's the gospel. What could be holding back your limitless life? Maybe it's the discipline that the gospel implores to the believer. And that you have not taken it seriously. Maybe you have listened to the argument of the enemy. And it has derailed your journey. Maybe you have run aimlessly. You didn't get into a life group. You're not on with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You have, you have all the opportunities and you don't take advantage of them. You're running aimlessly. If you're going to be a believer, then you need to embody the power that God has made available to us. It's the believer's lifestyle, number one. How many are glad you came to church this morning? Well, you're not going to be. All right. Let me talk to you about another area, a guardrail, a guide that helps us to be a believer. And that is the believer's language. The believer's language. Psalms 19 verse 14 says this. May the words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You don't have to raise your hands this morning, but how many of us have struggled living like a believer In this area, listen, I don't mean just cursing or using bad language. You see, for out of the abundance of the heart, what? The gospel says the mouth speaks. I want to challenge you on a couple of things today. Are you comfortable with the lie? Is your language as a believer always shaded towards the lie? Well, if people don't ever find out, or maybe it looks better for me if I bolster this story. Is your tone as a believer harsh? When you represent the gospel, when you represent to the world that you are a believer, is it seasoned with grace or is it harsh? Do you say things that are hurtful to people? Your excuse is, well, that's just me. I mean, I just say it the way it is. Really? Or is there something inside saying, let's look what I can get away with? And I don't really care about their emotion or feeling. I'm just I'm just going to tell it to them. Does your mouth tend to gossip? Do you like to hear the story and like to repeat the story? Do you like to get scoops on people and just kind of feather it? Let them know what you know. Do you speak out of jealousy? That although you might have a smile on your face, but the words that you really are going to talk about the people are somehow going to knock down those that are in your circle or, or those that you have heard about. Because your heart speaks out of jealousy. You see, whether you believe you have a struggle with that or not, can we just be honest this morning and say that we all have a struggle with those. And you say, well, pastor, how do you know? Because the gospel tells us so. If it wasn't an issue, then James would not have written an entire chapter, hello, about the power of our tongue and our language. James chapter 3 says, the tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole body's course of one's life on fire, and it itself is set on fire from hell. Hello, He goes on to say, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with the same, we curse our family. Those who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Brothers and sisters, this should not be. Are you ready for more this morning? You're saying like, come on, pastor, just pile it on. Come on. Yes? No, that was pretty weak. That's all right. Not going to stop me. It was a rhetorical question. Right? You see, what what is James saying? It's the outward and the inward. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And yet, we curse. We're jealous. We're gossip. Our tone is harsh. Our words are are mean-spirited. He said, if you're a believer, this shouldn't be. And then the psalmist writes to us, let the words of my mouth, and what was second? And the meditation of my heart. That's the inward part. You see, if our inward is good, what's going to come out? Good. Good. We can't be bipolar in the sense of of praising and cursing. We can't come to God's house on a Sunday and worship and praise and and just sing these songs and then go hack and cut and destroy people with this same language throughout the week. He said, brothers and sisters, this should not be. So let me ask you, and maybe those that you are in group, listen, for those of you that are life group leaders, I, I apologize you are going to have a brutal time at group this week, all right? It is going to be quiet maybe for a while. It's going to be hard to talk about this stuff, but it is going to be good for us to dig into the gospel. Somebody say amen. Yeah? Like we're not going to be fluffing it this week. Yes? Meat. Amen? Amen? Yeah. The meditation... Of our heart. Look with me at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul said, Finally, my friends, keep your minds on whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is holy. I love this. Whatever is friendly, and whatever is purposeful for the gospel. Is that wonderful? Let your mind, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God, my rock and my redeemer. So the believer's language. How many know there's something more to language than just the words that come out of our mouth? How many have ever heard of body language? Yeah? Yeah? Debbie and I had a college professor that used to say our talk talks and our walk talks. But our walk talks more than our talk talks. Did I say that slow enough for everybody? You got that? What does it mean? It means that our body language carries around with it what? The gospel. How people perceive us is how they perceive Christ and the gospel. Are we quick to anger? Are we quick, again, to be explosive? Are we quick to, to be meaning uh, mean to people? To, to walk by without engaging the hope, of the truth of the gospel with them? You can pick up a lot from someone's body language, yes? In fact, all these big court cases and all these big you know, issue, they always bring in what? Body language experts, right? Because, oh, I know they're saying this, but their body language, hello, is saying something else. I see that they're, they're tense. They're, they're probably lying. They're saying one thing, but, but they don't believe it because their body language represents that. Debbie and I sometimes laugh and joke because we live in somewhat more of a public life than others and are often open to criticism. And we find ourselves from time to time knowing if people have talked about us, that when we meet them or see them face to face, they can never look us in the eye. And Debbie and I looked, we're like, well, it must have been true. You see, their body language gave it away. They couldn't even look us eye to eye which is a truth for all of you that are here today, all right? So, after church, if you can't look me in the eye, all right, you're in trouble. Colossians 3, verse 5, Paul says this, put to death. How many think Paul's not playing? Paul said, listen, don't just kind of cage it up. Don't, like, just don't put it away. Paul said, put to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly desires, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry. Because the wrath of God is coming for you if you don't. You used to walk in these ways, he told the church in Coloss. This used to be your life, but then you believed in the gospel and everything changed. So now you must rid yourselves. I want real life to hear these words this morning. So now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, these body language issues, your anger, rage, malice, slander, and yes, filthy language from your lips. Listen, we've talked about this for the last 13 years. If you are a believer in Jesus and your language and your mouth is filthy, then you are not following the gospel. You are not living as a believer. Listen, I realize that some of you grew up in some tough life and background, and, and, and maybe at a challenging moment, some word that you don't normally use might just, like, blip out of your mouth. I've had a lot of people slip when they've been around me. It's hilarious at times, Right? Just in the moment, right? They're like, oh, my gosh, I said that in front of the pastor. I wonder if he heard. I heard. I heard. <laughs> listen, I give grace. I give grace, right? I know most of the time. But what I'm challenging is if you are praising with us on Sunday, listen, I'm, am I, am I kind of giving you my opinion or am I giving you the gospel this morning? Paul said, listen, get rid of your filthy language. That's not how believers speak. It's not the believer's language. Let me give you one more and I'm going to be finished. I want to talk to you about the believer's lust. You see, that word lust, it throws people. Yeah? Because it usually has a negative connotation attached. But really, it's a word that can go in either direction. It's not a bad word. Hello? Lust is defined as an ardent enthusiasm. However, most of us grow up that as soon as we hear that word lust, where do we go? Pastor Jim's talking about some bad stuff. But really, it's a word that has the ability to go in either direction. And so Paul compares instruction in the New Testament by comparison. Comparison. You see, we have a choice in the direction that we choose to talk, to walk, to live, to act. How many are with me? Yes? You still tracking with me today? So Paul says you can lust after light or you can lust after darkness. You can have ardent enthusiasm to run the race that God has and finish strong. Hello? Or you can run to darkness. Paul said, you can run to that which is good, you can have a lust for good, or you can have a lust for evil. He said, you can lust after the Spirit and go after the things that God's Spirit has to say. That's my ardent enthusiasm. I want Jesus and nothing more, or you can lust after the flesh. The Bible uses that to refer to our propensity to sin that possesses this earthly existence within us. We can go after God, or we can go after our own fleshly desires. John says the same thing, the first of the little Johns, towards the end of the New Testament, chapter 2, verse 15. He says this to the church, Do not love the world or anything in the world. say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the world. You mean I can't love anything? No, he describes... You see, it's a choice. You're either going to love the things of the Father or you're going to love the things of the world. How many know that as a believer you can't, like in our language, you can't be wishy-washy? You can't have one foot in, one foot out. In fact, he says if you love the world, then the love of the Father isn't in you. If you're going to lust after the flesh, what the world has to offer you, then you're really not a believer, in Jesus. So he defines the lust of the flesh, those sinful desires that at times may start as temptations in our life, that, that might start as just little ripples that, that just catch our attention, a little bait that we kind of sniff at a little bit. And, and we battle, Nah, I probably shouldn't. No, nah, I'm not going to. Well, I, you know, well, man... I mean, maybe I'll just hang out for a minute, but just for a minute, and then I'll, and then I'll, well, you know, may I mean, gosh, spend an hour already? Hello? You see, that's how the lust of the flesh operates. It's not there just to tease you. Hello? It's there to kill you. read, read G- James chapter one. These enticements aren't there just to kind of. Mess with your imagination for a while. It's there to kill you. And James says, stay away from the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Covetousness. Jealousy. Desire. An unwillingness to be satisfied. And the pride of life. Promotion. Godlike. It's all about me. Selfishness. John says, these don't come from the Father. These are from the world. And as a believer, they will limit you from the limitless life that God has for you. So let me finish with a question. And and before we go this morning, I do want to present a moment for us of encounter with the presence of God this morning. I realize some of the things that I've shared with you are pretty strong. But I think they are pretty real things that we can deal with. I think there may be some challenges in some of our spirits even today in some of these areas. And before we leave this morning, I want us to have an opportunity to have our hearts challenged by the presence of God in this place. Are you with me? in some of these areas, our lifestyle, our language, our lusts. I want to give you a moment to spend with the presence of God today. God, search me. Look into my heart to see if there be some, some evil way like this that, that I've allowed to linger. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart truly be acceptable in your sight, oh God, my rock and my redeemer. Would you stand with me this morning? Let me just ask a couple of questions and the band's just gonna gonna lead us for just a moment. Just give us a moment of encounter with the presence of God in this place this morning. So let me ask us, what do we have the most ardent enthusiasm towards? things of the flesh or things of the spirits? You say, Pastor, I I don't know. How do I know? (laughs) You know. You know. And can I say even more directly today? God knows. So is there an area in your lifestyle, your language, your body language, or lusts that are keeping you from living the limitless life that God wants for you I guess maybe our prayer is in what of these areas do I need God's help today right now to limit in my life yes? bow your heads with me this morning and let's just take a moment and let's consider these things in the light of the gospel this morning listen If you've come in this morning to say, I'm a believer, then I want you to leave today based on the gospel this morning that I am leaving today as a believer. That I am going to let the Spirit of God speak into my life over some of these areas. Maybe I'm going to pray a prayer of forgiveness to God because the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart have not worked in sync. My lifestyle has not embodied the gospel. So would you take this moment, we're just going to sing to the Lord for a moment. And I want you to let him know that this is a moment of recollection, a, a moment of truthfulness in my heart. For God to again, let me be a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ today. So if that who is really, truly who who Jesus is to us today, then then I desire today to make a stand for Jesus in this place. That I'm going to let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart become into sync with one another. That I'm going to let my lifestyle proclaim that I am a believer. I'm not just an attender, but I am truly a believer in Jesus today. So Spirit of God, I just ask that you would just, for those that are in the room, for those that are watching online with me today, Lord, today a hard word for us, but a good word that keeps us focused. You have the ability for us to thrive, not just survive. But, but if there be some wicked way in us, it's gonna throttle us back from experiencing the limitless joy and peace and presence of God, that we are going to be throttled by the enemy who's going to embattle us with the arguments of our mistakes and our ability to run the course and the race to completion. And so God, I pray today that you will enable us with the truth and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to embody your work and your will in my life. Church, would you just finalize your prayer with that to say, God, this week, I'm gonna be a man, I'm gonna be a woman of the gospel. I'm gonna take this message, I'm gonna to listen to it again on the podcast. I'm gonna have my device and I'm gonna look on the sermon notes, I'm gonna go through this because more than anything else, I wanna be a believer. Paul said this is a rule that I make for all of the churches, that if you're gonna be a believer, then let's embody the life of being a believer. So God, I pray this over this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, for those of you that are in life groups this week, I want you to dig into this today. This is going to be some deep stuff that's going to challenge us. There's no fear in us opening ourselves up to the truth of the gospel and letting God heal us, save us, forgive us, change us. Amen. So it's going to be a big challenge for us. But we were built for these moments. Amen? We're built to do more for the kingdom of God. To go as victorious champions of the kingdom. Amen? Listen, before you leave, I want you to love on a few people. Your tithes, your offerings back at the Hub. Bailey's going to be there. If you're a guest today, God bless you. Sign up for our Connect lunch. Those tickets are going to sell out fast. And then be ready for our Fall Fest. We're going to talk to you more about that in that coming week. So enjoy the family of God before you leave. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for joining with us today. For those of you online, thank you for being a part of our show, our broadcast today. We love you. We look forward to seeing you back here in the building to be a part of what God is doing to this family. I trust that you'll have an amazing week. Let God's blessing and His truth be with you. Thank you for finding real life with us today again. God bless you. Amen, church.